Welcome to the Super Abundant Life Podcast. I'm your host, Olawumi Brigway. I'm a transformational life coach and the creator of Super Abundant Woman, the premier personal development platform equipping and empowering women to create their best life from the inside out. In the not too distant past, I myself was trapped in an agonizing cycle of failure and shame with my mind constantly dominated by negative emotions. But my life was dramatically transformed beyond my wildest dreams when I began to live by the power and the wisdom of God's word. On the Super Abundant Life podcast, my goal is to help you disengage from limiting and faulty belief systems so that you can think differently, believe differently, and live differently. Thank you for tuning in. I'm so glad you're here. Hey, this is Alami Brigway and welcome back. Welcome to episode 174 of the podcast. Today, I'm going to be presenting to you an episode of the podcast that was recorded live. So the gist is a bit more. The format is slightly different to what you might expect on our regular episodes, but I promise you it was absolutely fantastic. I enjoyed recording that episode and hopefully you enjoy it as well. I go into the Bible, so it's more of a Bible study kind of thing, but I focus on relationships, how you need to rightly divide, as the King James would say it, or in modern English, how you need to rightly categorize or interpret the kinds of people that are likely to come into your life in order to protect yourself and also to protect those people as well. So it's important to define relationships, to protect yourself and other people from offense because Jesus said offenses will certainly come, but we can avoid them. Okay. He says you don't want to be the source of offense, nor do you want to be at the other end of an offense or bitterness. So I hope you enjoy this. It's a definite must listen to. I remember when I recorded this episode live, I called my daughter and I said, you need to tune in because she's a teenager. She's over 18. And I said, you need to come and listen to this because this is so important. So that's the gravity with which I'm presenting this particular episode to you. I hope you enjoy it. And I'll be back next week with another episode of the podcast. See you then. Thank you so much everyone for joining. So John chapter 10 is what we're going to be looking at. And I'm going to be talking about relationships, not necessarily romantic relationships, but in any kind of relationship, any kind of endeavor, whether in the workplace, whether it is friendships, whether it is even going into a romantic relationship, you have to be able to navigate life by understanding and defining relationships. So if you mix up certain relationships, it could be deadly. So that's what we're going to be talking about today from John chapter 10. Three types of people you must watch out for. So the fourth kind of person is you. So I'm going to be talking about how to position yourself to get the best 
from relationships as well okay so john chapter 10 let me read i'm reading the new living translation this is jesus speaking so jesus talks a lot in john <laughs> it's always is like almost read entirely the book the whole book gospel of john it says i tell you the truth anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold rather than going through the gate must surely be a thief and a robber but the one who enters through the gate is a shepherd of the sheep the gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep recognize his voice and he calls his own by name and leads them out after he has gathered his own flock he walks ahead of them and they follow him because they know his voice i'm going to fast forward to verse 10 and it says the thief's purpose is to steal to kill and to destroy my purpose which is the shepherd is to give them a rich and satisfying life it says i am a good shepherd and the good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep verse 12 which is where i'm going to stop all the way to 13 i believe it is it says a hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming he will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him and he isn't their shepherd and so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock the hired hand runs away because he's working only for the money and doesn't really care about the sheep actually let me finish with this to tell you some of the characteristics of the good shepherd he says i am the good shepherd i know my own sheep and they know me just as my father knows me so i sacrifice my life for the sheep so i read all of that and i'm going to take it and break it down in steps three kinds of people or relationships that you must identify and categorize and define because if you wrongly define any of these people that will not more not might all every single kind of person that i'm going to talk about today will come into your life at some point do you understand it's not a perhaps <laughs> it's not perhaps no it is a definite yes you will encounter these three kinds of people in your life at some point and if you miscategorize if you misdefine any of these relationships it can actually lead to great loss so what are these three types of people and they're four altogether including the sheep so i'm going to be talking from the perspective of the sheep and that is you okay but if we leave out the sheep what are the three types of people that jesus talks about in john chapter 10. the first one he mentions is the shepherd it says the good shepherd we'll come to that so the first one is a good shepherd the second one is the hired hand or the hired servant or KJV says the hireling. And the third one, the third type of people that Jesus mentioned in John chapter 10 is the wolf. So you have the good shepherd, you have the hired servant, you have the wolf, and number four, you then now have the sheep. So I'm going from the perspective of you are the sheep, so I am the sheep. So the three kinds of people that could come into your life. So I'm going to take it one by one and define it and bring it into our own context so jesus used the context of the shepherd and the economy jewish people were mostly shepherds they were either shepherds or farmers so he used the context of what they could understand to teach scriptural and spiritual principles now what god has called teachers like me in the body of christ to do is to take the same spiritual principles and to bring them into the context of our own lives today 
with the same grace that Jesus operated in when he taught at that time. So that's what I'm going to do. Are you excited? The first one that I'm going to talk about is a hired hand or the hireling, as KJV says, or the hired servant. If you try and picture like a sheepfold, these are the people that would maybe like day workers. So they will show up at the break of dawn and they will work until like the very end of the maybe sundown from sun up to sundown and they will get paid. All right. So that's the exam. That's the kind of picture that I want you to hold in your mind as who the hired hand is. Now, let me read to you what Jesus said about the hired hand. And then I'm going to break it down. Jesus said a hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him and he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. The hired hand runs away because he's working only for the money and doesn't really care about the sheep. Now, the first thing I'm going to say about this is you will probably, <laughs> if you are being truthful to yourself, you will see yourself right in some of these things as well. So even though I'm talking from your perspective that you should be able to categorize those three kinds of people, you will also locate yourself. You might think, oh my goodness, maybe I'm a hired servant somewhere. So it's about making adjustments as well. Now, the first thing I'm going to say about the hired servants is I'm going to speak in defense of the hired servant so being a hired servant is not a bad thing i mean the guy wants mango man must chop so he lo goes looking for work the shepherd or the owner of the farm or whatever it is says okay i want to employ you to come and look after my sheep and they both know it's a business transaction they both know that if the hired servant shows up and he has done his job and owner of the farm pays him they, they're like, we're cool, right? We're good. There's no problem with it. And the hired servant will go. But if you are thinking as owner of the farm, if you think, oh, let me just pop out to the store and let me go and buy some things in the supermarket and you leave the whole farm to the hired servant. I say, hired servant, oh, please help me look after all my sheep before I come back, okay? I'll be back. I'll be gone for two hours. While you are gone, you must understand that if the hired servant happens to see a wolf coming while the owner of the of the farm is gone that hired servant will do what will run away the hired servant is not going to risk his life or lay down his life for the sheep is like somebody that gets a job in a company and as far as they're concerned, they're there to earn a salary. They're there to earn a salary. They're there to, you know, get whatever benefits they get. They will do their job. So it's a transaction. Okay. Do you understand that? So that's the definition of the hired servant. It's a transactional relationship. And that's why it must be defined. So let's bring this down to the area of personal relationships. If you have like friends or acquaintances or colleagues, and if somebody is actually a hired servant, it literally means that there are no deep emotional connections to you or to your vision. They're literally there to get what they can in exchange for what they can give. So that's why I said, I'm going to start off because it might look like this hired servant, you're just there to collect money. There's nothing wrong with being just there to collect money. If you do your best and we know from the start that we've written a contract that if you supply me X, you will get Y back. There's nothing wrong. The problem begins 
for the owner of the farm if you go and misread a hired servant i think a hired servant is a shepherd and you think oh this person they're really there for me and everything and then you now begin to open up your life to them you now begin to lean on them as if they're a shepherd you will be sorely disappointed you will be sorely disappointed so how can you recognize someone that's a hired servant? Whether you're looking at it from the point of view of I'm the CEO of a company, so I've started a, my own business, I'm running my business, or I'm the lead of a department, or even in friendships. Like I said, the hired servant knows that it's a transactional relationship. They are for you to the degree that it will benefit them. A hired servant or a type of person that is a hired servant will be there for you as long as it is serving their own purpose. If for any reason their own purpose becomes diminished or becomes affected as a result of serving you, they will leave. And that's okay. You understand what I'm saying? They will leave. They'll be like, no, no, no. It doesn't really fit anymore. It's like the owner of the farm showing up one day and saying to the higher servant well sorry the money i was expecting from the bank it didn't really show up so i won't be able to pay you for next month the higher servant will say ah thank you for all the time that i've served you well um i need to go and find another job and they will move up you understand what i'm saying now is there anything wrong with that no as long as you understand you can read people as long as you're able to read that relationship and rightly define and categorize it if you go and lean on a hired servant when push comes to shove you will find yourself on the floor you will find yourself on the floor because that's not why they're there they're there to give in exchange for something once that give and take relationship get affected by anything so if their ability to receive from you or they get a better offer somewhere they will leave you let me bring this down to relationships so there are some friends or acquaintances these people this kind of people should not really be deep friends they should remain as acquaintances where you might maybe bounce ideas you know you have a few laughs and all those kind of things but let me show you how if you go and categorize a hired servant as a friend for example what is happening is so you're like oh this is what happened in my marriage and my single myself what my husband did i don't even understand oh, is this my husband or oh, this my child or oh, this my something something and you you are pouring out your heart because you're like oh you know every time we've talked it's been good we've enjoyed our conversations and they have good advice and this person is a hired servant and you are pouring everything out to them and you and thinking, oh, this is someone that is really for me, that is emotionally attached to me, that will go all out for me, that will do anything for me. But guess what will happen? As soon as you finish that exchange where you've poured out your heart to them, and remember, it's a transactional relationship, so they would have given you some benefit in return. Okay, so they might say, oh, I'm really sorry to hear that, etc, etc. Maybe they make you feel better or they give you some advice for you to go and do something. Now, notice what's going to happen. Now, this is the difference. This is how you rightly categorize a hired servant. The moment you turn your back, remember the hired servant is there for a certain benefit. If somebody else offers that benefit or someone else offers it at a higher rate, the hired servant is gone. 
is like someone that is in a particular company and they're employed by the company and they're being paid let's say seventy thousand pounds and then somebody comes to headhunt them and says we're going to double your salary etc etc they're like ah oh yeah well, let's go is there anything wrong in moving for the double salary no but you must rightly categorize so what that person does is as soon as you turn your back they're talking to another friend now if they're going to derive more pleasure by sharing your own gist with that person they will do it and if they have to embellish it to derive even more benefit if they have to talk negatively so for example if the person they are now talking to maybe does not like you if they have to change it and agree with the person and say no i don't even know what's wrong with her see how blah, 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 they will change because they're not attached to you they're not really for you they're just there for the benefits that they will get in every transaction that is what the hired hand or the hired servant looks like if you now go and make a hired servant one of your deepest friends deepest confidence ah you're looking for trouble because by the very nature of that relationship that person cannot be there for you the way you want them to be okay so if you find yourself emotionally attached to a hired servant in the form of a friendship or even in the workplace where you are relying on a colleague or an employee or someone that you are line managing, if the benefits, if the thing does not serve them, they're moving on and they will leave you hanging. They will leave you high and dry. <laughs> so that is the highest ever. As long as you understand that it's transactional. You have acquaintances, you have people that you call up and maybe you bounce ideas. You have people that, you know, you need something and you call them and they can help you. When they need something, they call you, you can help them. All right. Both ways. We're both happy. We both understand that this thing is not beyond the benefits that we're both getting from each other. Please don't define that kind of relationship as a good shepherd. For example, you think they will be there for you. So you over invest. This is another thing that I should say about that kind of relationship. You don't put all your investment, all your eggs into the basket of the hired hand. So, for example, the owner of the farm is not going to say, oh, okay, ah, I really like the way this hired servant is very diligent. So I'm going to, I'm going to give you 50% of the shares of my company because you are so diligent. Ah, why would you do that? If your competitor, if your enemy shows up today and wants to take over your company and they offer the hired servant the right price, that hired servant will sell and you're out of business. I hope you understand that. So that is the first one. Do not overinvest in a hired servant because the more you invest, human nature is you want to expect. And because they don't meet that expectation, bitterness sets in. You become bitter. Like I'm always the one that is doing, 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 but this person never does anything for me. Did they, as in, whose fault is it? <laughs> whose fault is it that you are the one investing, 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 investing in that friendship or whatever it is, and they're not doing anything back for you, okay? So that's a high term. And let's move on to the second one. The second one is the deadlier. Remember, I took a while to explain about how there's nothing wrong with being in a relationship with a hired servant or working in a team with a hired servant or even hiring a hired servant. There's nothing wrong with that. You just have to be able to rightly divide and understand. Yeah. Now, the wolf, ha, huh, that this is the one that you cannot afford 
to have any kind of ties or connection to. You can't afford to have a wolf in your space. Now you would think, you would think that, oh, because you know this person is a wolf, oh, then, ah, no, I can't be in a relationship with you. I don't want to have anything to do with you, etc., etc. If only it were that easy. The reason why the wolf gains entrance is because the wolf does not come in by the front door. He comes in by the window, the back door. So wolves always coming disguised, disguised. But I'm going to share with you some characteristics that will make you begin to see that, ah, ah, wait, oh, maybe this person or this relationship or this colleague, maybe they have an ulterior motive. So let's read what Jesus said about the wolf. He said, I tell you the truth, anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold or coming by the back or the window or whatever it is, rather than going through the gate or going through the door, must surely be a thief and a robber. Let me also say something that says that the wolf attacks and scatters the flock. I'm reading verbatim what Jesus said about the wolf. It says that the thief's purpose, so it says someone that comes in, does not come in straightforward like that, that comes in through the back, right? Through a window pretending to be who they are not. Their purpose is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. The wolf does not have any other purpose but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He comes in to attack and to scatter. Can you say that this is certainly not the kind of person you you can't afford to have someone like this even anywhere near you? You can't afford to be in an environment that is full of wolves. As in, you can't come out unscathed. So you just have to like cut, 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 cut. So how do we recognize a wolf? Jesus said, he said, they're coming through the back way. So meaning one of the ways, one of the most important ways that you can recognize someone that is a wolf is if the person is a manipulator if you have someone like a relationship like a friend or whatever it is and they are constantly using manipulation you know like emotional blackmail all those kind of things they are constantly trying to get into your head so they will they will show up and you know like wolf in sheep clothing I've encountered wolves before in the workplace. They will show up and they will shine teeth with you. They'll be like, oh, you know, blah, blah. But behind your back, <laughs> behind your back, they are saying all sorts. They are doing all sorts to sabotage you, to try and jeopardize the project you're working on. So the wolf, the one characteristic to be able to very quickly identify is it says that they come in through the back way. They don't come straight. They don't come straight forward like that. Remember the hired servant says, okay, you pay me this amount of money. I do this amount of work for you. We both know what we're getting out of it. The problem starts when you start to overinvest in a hired servant and you start expecting more from the hired servant than they promised you or that they've displayed. But for the wolf, they won't come straight and say, I've come to destroy you. I've come to kill, to steal, and to destroy. So they would literally show up as a friend. They will show up like they are seriously invested in what you're doing. They will show up as if, listen, all I want to do is just help you. Is just do all these things. Meanwhile, they have an ulterior motive. So you say, ah, 
But if that's the case, how on earth will I be able to know? Number one is discernment. And I'm going to come to the sheep later because the only way that the sheep escapes the wolf is it says that the sheep knows the voice of the shepherd. And so when the wolf starts to talk, something is off. And the sheep goes, ah, there's something off about this person. And the sheep runs away. So the number one way, the first way you can identify people that are wolves in sheep clothing that have come through the back, because if they come and show you who they really are, you'll be repulsed. You'll be like, no, I don't want you in my life. You've come to kill, to steal, and to destroy. So they have to camouflage it. They have to hide. So it's discernment. Is discernment when you're about to enter into certain transactions if somebody is sort of padding up to you or whatever it is you have to be able to listen to that voice inside you so the holy spirit if something's off don't just jump because a wolf will promise you heaven and earth because a wolf requires trust he needs access to be able to do what he wants to do the wolf can't just be circling around, you know, the farm and say, oh, yeah, sheep, come out. No, the wolf has to gain access. And the way the wolf will gain access is through a back door by pretending to be who or what they are not. Promising you heaven and earth. The job offer just lands, bam. And they promise to five times your salary. They will give you company house, company car, company swimming pool, company holidays, company this one, company that one. Now, are we saying that everything that looks like that is not? No, 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 no. We're going to come to the shepherd. However, if something is off, the first way is you must be the kind of Christian that checks inside first because it could be a wolf. It could be a wolf. Do you understand what I'm saying? It could be a wolf. And if you are enticed simply by and dazzled by the outside, you enter into it. Now, the wolf is so skilled. So a wolf is someone that is a skillful manipulator. You cannot outperform or outmanipulate or out, what's the word? Maneuver a wolf. They are skilled in manipulation. They offer you all of that and say, come, they will hide all the horrible things that may be going wrong with that company and, and hide it behind so that you don't know, not on your first day, not on your second day, not on your third day, but you are so deep into it that to come out is difficult. And that's what happens in relationships as well. Romantic relationships. I mean, there's a place where you want to put on your best. You want to be the best for the person. But if someone is saying if something looks too good to be true, it probably is too good to be. As in the person does not have one single flaw. As in they've just dazzled you, swept you off your feet. But inside you, alarm bells are going off. You can't really pinpoint any particular thing because the wolf has come in sheep clothing. Meaning they come in a way that you will absolutely accept them. It will be absolutely acceptable to you externally. But discernment, there's something that's just not right. There's something that is just like, mm -mm, I don't know, but I know. So the first one, the way you are able to size out a wolf is by discernment. 
The second way, what this person will try to do, they will begin to almost like emotional blackmail. If you notice that somebody keeps trying to make you do something that you don't generally believe inside you that you should do. And if you want to present your own views and say, oh, actually, I don't really think I should do that. They will find a way to either make you feel bad. They'll find a way to like almost silence your voice. That's a wolf. That's the kind of relationship where they want absolute control and they will gain that control through manipulation, through emotional blackmail. Those kind of relationships, whether in the workplace, even amongst family, you've, they, it's everywhere, amongst family. You have to be able to say, no, I don't want any kind of contact with this person. They are there to suck you dry. Beyond anything they would do in the first place to try and gain access, once they gain access, they have no intention of contributing anything to that relationship. They just want to take and take and take and suck until they sucked you dry. That's a wolf. Hired servant at least will give and will expect something back in return as an exchange. A wolf will come in all singing, all dancing, will promise you heaven and earth, will go one million percent. And then once they gain the access, they start sucking, they start demanding things of you. And if you say no, they will manipulate. They'll be like, after everything I've done for you, after everything I've done for you. Do you understand? That's a wolf. So number one, discernment. Something will be going off inside you. Number two is very soon they will begin to show their true color. How? Through emotional manipulation, emotional control. It's like you won't have a voice again. You can't disagree with this person again. It has to be always their way. You are the one that is giving everything. And if you try and back out, they will try and manipulate you back. <laughs> into <laughs> oh i don't know if i should say this i will Joe. <laughs> so it's like <laughs> one you know somebody that i knew i i think i okay i'm going to code it <laughs> i'm going to code it let's say i moved into a new organization yes and this person would just like randomly call and just show up like just basically helping me and doing all these things oh how are you doing it's lovely to have you here it's and we just call i'm like why is this person calling me like this now what's up as in it was overboard that's what i'm saying so there's a normal somebody just be nice but there's one way you're like i don't understand as in the relationship does not call for this thing you're doing so literally they will go overboard so this person ah just doing all these things i'm like oh okay okay but me, I'm, oh, I'm a good judge of character of people. I read people as in the spirit of discernment or whatever, as in I can read people. And I said, hmm, I think I know where this person is going. I just kept doing that thing. Ah, I just said I should say hello and what do you need help with? Uh, me too, I will be very jovial back. Oh, thank you. Oh, that's so lovely. Oh, oh, you shouldn't have. Mm -hmm. I knew that the time was coming when this person they will now begin to show their true color and true true they now started and i should help with this one i should so like the constant ask constant ask constant so the first few times this is what a wolf would do because of the way they have shown up 
and they have been there for you. When they were there for you, it was a plot to gain access. It was not the love of God that was making them be there for you. So let's say somebody is going through a particular situation and if somebody shows up and they were very much there, the wolf just uses that to climb through the window to enter into that person's life. Now, when they're in, they'll now begin to make their own demand. So this person's like, oh, do this, oh, do that, oh, do this, oh, do that. After a while, I was just like, no, the manipulation now starts. After everything, I said, what did you do for me? <laughs> after everything I done, after this one, but I was the one that helped you. I was the one that I said, I'm very grateful for everything you did. But if you truly were doing it out of the genuine love of your heart, why are you trying to make me reciprocate? I've done everything that I can do. And please stop calling me. My ears had been pricked like, ah, oh, I know you. I know where you're going. So when they started all that, their yama yama, I already knew. So I had not become emotionally attached. That's what the wolf wants. The wolf wants you to become emotionally attached so that by the time they start to make their demands and start to say, do this, that emotional manipulation is all they have. You understand what I'm saying? But if you don't give them that satisfaction, they will soon feel, be like, oh, this one is not even, let's move on. But if you two now respond, ah, it's true, see what this person, you will keep giving and they'll keep putting more claws into you. So you have to understand people like that. You don't want a wolf in your space. So they will plan it. They look for people when they are vulnerable. And when I say vulnerable, I don't mean that somebody's dying. I mean, you, you could just be in a space in your life where you're going through something and they will show up because they've already seen that mm, there's something I want to get from this person. But they won't show up and say, please, I need your help. Can you help me? Wouldn't that be better? It would be better if they show up and say, actually, they come through the door and say, what I really need from you is this. Then you can understand that, okay, they need someone from me. But they will show up as if they don't need anything from you. They just want to be in your space. They just want to help you, but they have an ulterior motive. So that's the wolf. That's the most dangerous kind because Jesus said the only purpose is to steal, to kill, and to destroy question let me check my question section let's see ah say how to remove the wolf relationship if it's happening between mother and daughter mother and daughter how ah i don't know about that one no. <laughs> you have to ex mother and daughter hmm that's a deep one i have to think about that one i have to think about that one i think i think a mother's love for a daughter I don't think you can truly, you can ever truly categorize that as wolf, wolf and sheep. I know that, you know, it, it can go a bit off where they're always trying to collect and they'll say, oh, because I raised you, but it's a tricky one. We have to talk about that one further because I have to think about it. I have to think about that one. Can true believer, ah, can true believers, born again children of God be wolves? Yes. Bah, well. That's why I said, as I'm saying these things, you have to check your own heart too and be checking that where am I being a wolf? What does one do if the wolf is already close to you? How does one disentangle oneself? So let me answer two questions, one at a time. The first one, can a born again Christian? Absolutely. Do you know why? Because all of this is, is about maladjustments in the soul. It has nothing to do with the spirit. So your spirit is perfect. 
yeah the spirit is perfect jesus is there but you are not even listening to do you understand so it could be a, and the person is not used so the wolf is the kind of person that used to get in their way through emotional manipulation that's all it is so maybe as a child they'll cry 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 say oh, leave him don't give him don't and after a while they don't know because the wolf is a predator the wolf is a predator doesn't know how to generate results by itself you will go and look for someone else generating results and psh, go and grab it that's the problem so the foundation is wrong the person doesn't know how to sit, sit down and say okay this area of my life is not really going very well what can i do to turn my life around they haven't built that kind of structure whether the way they were raised or circumstances in life had twisted them and molded them into that shape where they just rely on other people to supply their needs and everything so if you know someone who is always always calling you saying this won't happen and that won't happen always asking for money for example they've never given you 10 naira as in i had to go to naira just to, to show you how small the amount of money is they've never given you 10 naira it can happen with their siblings so i was hesitant to say between parents and child because after all we must honor our parents no matter what they do so for that one but it can happen between siblings between relatives where they will keep calling you to ask 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 if you don't give they will lean on some kind of thing like, ah, ah, but I'm your sister, but I'm your brother, but I'm this. So they will keep manipulating and leaning on something as to why you should keep giving. But they never contribute anything into that relationship. Do you understand? So that kind of person can be very, very born again. Talk, talking, demon chasing. It's just a defect in the soul. It's a defect in the soul. If someone hasn't been trained to know how to sit down and generate results for themselves, they will always, always lean on people for their sustenance. And after a while, people will be like, what's your own? So in order to keep getting from people, they have perfected over the years the art of manipulation. That's the wolf. They have perfected over the years the art of manipulation for them to keep getting from people because they don't know how to generate results by themselves. Okay? The second question, how do you get a wolf out of your life? Meal. I don't know how other people would do it. I know we're all different, all right? We're different personality types. But my own personality type, so for the Enneagrams, for example, I'm a one. A one has a strong sense of justice, a strong sense of right and wrong and of fairness. So it is one of the things that drive me. If I see that something is wrong, I don't have any kind of emotional whatever as to say, no, that's wrong and you are gone. <laughs> you are gone henceforth from this day out of my life bye i will stop picking your calls if you i will block you you know that kind of thing just that you just will not you it will be clear to you that i want nothing to do with you but not everybody is like that we are different personality types and i completely understand that so some people may be more diplomatic but in your being diplomatic please understand that if you allow this person stay in your life it does not end well there's no way that it is going to end well do you understand that 
So go to the Holy Spirit and let him give you strategies. Let him tell you how you're going to disentangle yourself from that relationship. How you're going to disentangle yourself from that relationship. Okay? So that's how you handle a wolf. That to answer those two questions. Now, the shepherd, the shepherd, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. I'm the good shepherd. I know my own sheep. They know me just as me and my father know each other. I sacrifice my life for the sheep, um, etc. They listen to my voice. They are my flock. So the third type of people that you must watch out for and this one you must cherish in your life is the shepherd. These are people sent to you by God. Shikena. There's no other way to describe it. Haven't you met people and connected with people you're like, why why is this person so as in they're just they're just for you? And these kind of people, you don't, it's not a transactional relationship where you're like, you scratch my back, I scratch your back, right? You scratch my back, I scratch. This one, you can't explain it. There's just some people that show up in your life, even when you mess up, they show up and they still support you. They're still there for you. He says, I lay down my life for the sheep. There are people that God has positioned in your life to lay down their life for you not because you earned it not because you deserve it but it's just the way it is they are midwives of destiny they are helpers of destiny god puts favor in their heart and they don't know why they're helping you the same way the head of the eunuch saw esther and was like i like this girl i'm going to do Everything I can to make sure that you become queen. The same way another head of the eunuch showed favor to Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They're just people that God will place in your life. So a lot of us will call these people mentors and all those kind of things. Now the thing about it is the shepherd is the easiest one to do anyhow. The shepherds that God has placed in your life, these are the ones that is so easy to mistreat because you take it for granted that they are always there. You take for granted that, oh, they'll always be there. And after a while, if you keep taking them for granted, God does not waste resources, okay? God doesn't waste resources. He will remove them from your life. He was the one that brought them into your life. And he will remove them from your life. In fact, I just remembered something. Way back in university, as a very young Christian, age 15 or there, 15 or 16, I started going to a church. And first service I attended, I said, how do I get involved in this church, which is my own MO? I don't go to any church and just sit down. I never have. So I said, how do I plug in? They said, go to, go and become a worker. I said, how do I become a worker? I was 16. They said, go to prayer. They said, everybody starts in prayer department. So they sent me. <laughs> To prayer department, and if you hey, this one, the prayer that we pray now that we should be, should be, should be, should be, then listen, in two seconds, people are on the floor groaning, uh, uh. <laughs> they'll be groaning in deep prayer within five minutes of the prayer meeting starting. Imagine this 16 year old JJC into Christianity, and they said, Come and pray, and I just stood there. 
and everybody's like, shaka, shaka, shaka. Some people were on the floor. Uh, uh. I said, what is this? <laughs> I said, what's wrong with these people? And I think one of the two of the brothers there, remember I was 16, two of the brothers there must have noticed that ah, this girl is way over her head. Because I was just like, as in, <laughs> what are you people doing? My background was Anglican. And even then, we didn't even used to go to church. So my parents are not even very religious like that. Maybe we went to church Christmas and watch night service. That's all. And then I saw these people rolling around saying their prayer. I said, hey, what is this? So I was just like, eh? Eh? I'm not coming back here again. <laughs> so after prayer missing, one of the two brothers came up to me. And he said, what's your name? Etc. So I said, this is my name. Uh, how old are you? Blah, blah, blah. And now told me, he said, go home. This is what I wanted to do. He said, I want you to go home and pray for an hour in tongues before you sleep tonight. And then come back. I think this was midweek service. Come back on Sunday to tell me the experience that you had. So I said, okay, I'll do it. So I went home. So I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, but I don't think I had prayed in the Spirit for more than one minute. <laughs> before that, I don't think I prayed for more than a minute. So this guy said, go home. I said, ah, 16 minutes. Ah, ah, what is that about? So I went home. I was praying, shake it, shake it, zoom, 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 zoom. I looked at my watch. I said, surely it must be like three hours by now. It was only three minutes. I said, I've entered it today. Long story short, I pushed and pushed and pushed, prayed in spirit for an hour. It was like the hardest thing I had ever done in my life. But after a while, it just became easy, began to flow. And then I did it, and then I just went to sleep. And that night, I, I still remember that experience. That's why I tell people, you must create a habit of praying at length in the spirit. I slept the best sleep of my night, of my life so far. But get this, I was awake. I was, I was so alert. It's like I was picking up everything that was happening, if that makes sense. So my spirit man was so awake. But I had the best sleep of my night, of my life. And I couldn't wait to tell him. I said, oh, on Sunday, this is what happened. He said, eh, hey, I knew that I was going to come. So he told me that you must pray in the spirit. That was how I developed the habit of praying in the spirit for at least an hour. But why am I sharing this thing? This person just basically took me under their wings. He taught me about this, how to pray as a blah, blah, blah. And... Shortly after that, I started university. This person, you know how th this was proper follow-up then. This one that follow-up. We, once we email somebody once and they don't respond, you're like, okay, bye-bye. You don't even, that's what, I mean, this is what this world has come to. This person followed up to make sure that I was grounded in the faith. Even while I was in university, when I was home, he would come and see me. He would sit down, teach the Bible. There were two of them. They followed him. That's how I me, mean, I was now like, uh uh, a thought now came into my head. I was like, ah, who is this person looking for? You know, this brother that keeps <laughs> following somebody around. So I started to sort of, like, if he's coming, I'll hide as, you know, like run away or something. And, you know, say, oh, I, you, they want to come and see me. I say, I'm not, you know, like, like ah, me, I mean, you know, I'm a, I'm a, you know, like babe, you know, <laughs> all these brothers that are wearing, you know, pattern shirt and khaki trousers. <laughs> say, I'm too cool to be hanging out with this kind of, you understand, childishness. 
Remember, these are the people that schooled me in prayer till today. When I do my book of remembrance, I still say, and I call them by name. I say, Father, I thank you for brother, this brother, this brother that schooled me in prayer. But me, I'm like, ah, this is all these brothers. And they were proper brothers, like almost a soup kind of brother. I'm like, my rep. <laughs> my rep, I can't be hanging out with this kind of people. By that time, I also now had a boyfriend. Like, ah, no, 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 no. Boyfriend with nice car. With, I said, no, 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 no. I can't be seeing this kind of person. Don't. So I, I started so treating the guy anyhow. In fact, I remember, ah, so today I'm like, God, please give me an opportunity, please, to see this person or maybe jam them on Facebook or something so I can say thank you. I remember the last time this guy, so something was happening in my house. I think one of my aunties had passed away and the funeral thing was in my house and I had sort of mentioned it. So what's happening? And I mentioned that my mom's sister passed away, etc. Oh, he said, oh, he was that kind of person. So yeah, he'll come to support us. So do you know that this guy came? Oh, as, in, as I'm talking about it, it's almost bringing tears to my eyes. Me, I was in school because I went to Unilag, which was literally five minutes away from where I lived, from home. So he said, oh, that he'll come. I had forgotten that he said he was coming. So I mismanaged that relationship. I had forgotten that he said he was coming. So I think maybe the thing started at 12. He showed up like at 12. I didn't get there like until hours later. Until hours later, maybe like four hours later. And he was just standing in one corner because he didn't know anybody. He was just, that image is burnt into my head. He was just standing in the corner, sort of looking around. He didn't, for hours. When I saw him, I'm like, oh my God, I forgot that he was coming. And I just knew that, ah, this is someone that God deliberately placed in my life and I mismanaged it. I took that relationship for granted. And of course, now after that, he too now, he gets like, this is what that's, you know? So it just sort of fizzled out after that. And I never really had the opportunity to say thank you. So I'm like, God, just let me jam this person, even if it's electronically somewhere, Facebook, Instagram, and just tell him that the kind of impact that he had on my spiritual life. So that's an example of someone, a midwife of destiny that God places in our lives. Now, because the love they had for you was put there by God, they will look like mumu to you. You understand what I'm saying? They will look like mumu to you and you want to take them for granted. But God does not waste resources if you keep mismanaging and mistreating the shepherds that God places in your life, after a while, he will remove them. Lastly, and he says, let me say this about the shepherd. He says, now this is, how do you know who the shepherd is? Because remember I said, the wolf will come in the beginning, all bells and, and whistles. Like I've had, I've had guys also come and say, oh, I want to follow you up. And but it's his girlfriend is Johnson that they're looking for. They're not following anything. <laughs> so how do you know? My purpose, which is the shepherd, is to give them a rich and satisfying life. John 10, 10. That's how you know. So the wolf and the shepherd can look the same in the beginning. But remember what I said, inside you, alarm bells will be going off for the wolf. And number two, give it time. So don't be so quick that somebody shows up and says they want to mentor you. 
and they are pouring all these things into your life or they want to sponsor you at work not knowing that they just want to use you. So give it space, give it a bit of, don't be so quick to become emotionally attached to whether it is the shepherd or the wolf. Always give things time. Because after a while, if the wolf sees that you are still a little bit aloof, you are still a bit distant, you are not like jumping all over them, they'll be like, let's go and find another person, Jerry. This person is not going to be easy to emotionally manipulate. But if it's the shepherd, remember it is God that put that love inside them for you. Even if you're a little bit aloof, they'll keep coming. So time, time, give it time and space, right? That is how you would also distinguish the wolf from the shepherd. Now, the last one is you, which is the sheep. Now, for you to engage with the shepherd and bring forth life more abundantly, you have to be a sheep. I'm sorry, I'm not abusing you. You can't be a goat, okay? <laughs> it's just types i'm not calling it good okay but i'm saying you have to be a sheep and what is the characteristic of a sheep let me read what jesus says jesus has said it's not me he said but the one who enters through the gates is the shepherd the gatekeeper opens the door for him the sheep recognize his voice and come to him he calls his own by name and leads them out after he has gathered his own flock he walks ahead of them and they follow him because they know his voice they won't follow a stranger now let me say that for emphasis they won't follow a stranger they will run away from the voice of the stranger which is the wolf remember i said it is discernment is the number one way that you will identify who that wolf is that's why you have to be tight with god and the holy spirit okay so how do you show up as a sheep in order to gain maximum benefit from the shepherd you have to be one that is obedient says they hear my voice and they obey it is of no use for someone to place a midwife of destiny in your life now remember the true relationship that will cause you to experience multiplication is between the sheep and the shepherd the hireling the hireling or the hired servant is only there transactionally so these are people that are you know like colleagues acquaintances you need them in your life right you need something they have something you exchange the true relationships that will multiply your life is between the sheep and the shepherd now the shepherd will show up but you must also show up as a sheep if esther had said to that eunuch sorry it's jehovah that sent me on this mission what do you know and refused to listen she would not have become queen and if she had not had become queen the whole of the jewish people would have been wiped out so you have to show up as sheep. And what, what is the characteristic of the sheep? It says the sheep knows my voice. So there's exchange, there's communication. You know someone that has been sent into your life. This is not the time for you to be saying, well, this is how I've always done it. I don't agree with you. And you don't argue with a shepherd. The shepherd, God has put it in their heart to lay down their life. Now, when I say shepherd, don't i hope you know that i'm not saying like automatically a pastor or no i'm saying you will know that there's some people that just god just places in your life and you will know that there's something about this connection so he says everything that the eunuch told esther to do she did it this is not the time to be flaunting ego and saying well who are you to tell me me too i'm something something no you have to be someone 
that is willing to learn. So what is the best position for the sheep as I round up? You have to be willing to learn. So rightly identify those other three people. Rightly identify the hired link or the hired hand. It's a transactional relationship. I scratch your back, you scratch my back. There's nothing wrong with that. Don't overcommit or overinvest in the hiring. You will end up being hurt because when the going gets tough, they will get going. They will leave you because they are not sent to you. Okay. The wolf, we said, don't even allow in your space. The shepherd, once you've identified the shepherds of your life, and it could be a shepherd for your career. God just connects you with someone. And you're like, why is this person so invested in my life? They keep going over and over and beyond to help me. For someone like that, you must value that relationship. How do you show you value it? By listening. It's not by drinking tea and coffee. It is by listening. Are you open to what they're telling you? Because God has put in their mouth what you need to take you to the next level you might say oh but i'm older than this person oh but but this but this oh but i may know more than this person oh but this it's a trap because what will happen is you're so busy arguing and comparing and pointing out the flaws of the shepherd it's a trap so like for me i was looking at that brother like oh no, he's not fine enough he's not dressing well doesn't have a car that kind of thing i mean what's that got to do with someone that god has sent to ground you spiritually what's that got to do with anything so if you misread if you, you start using the wrong metrics to judge your mentors or your shepherds i'll use that word someone that god has sent to lay down their life for you but you're using the wrong metrics to measure them say but i'm older and, but I'm, you know, I'm further along in my career than they. What can they teach me? You might miss out. There's a question here. Do shepherds have to be Christian? Nope, they don't have to be Christian. In the same way, wolves can be Christian or non-Christian. So this is a function of, like we said, someone's soul may have been developed for, in that career, and they're telling you, and God puts like the eunuch. So one of the reasons why Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and Daniel could have despised their shepherd, who was the eunuch. The guy was not Jewish. He was Babylonian. So the guy said, you are not Jewish. You have nothing to contell us because you don't bow down to... No. So a shepherd does not have to be Christian. It can be anyone. But again, it is foresight to be able to recognize that, oh, this is someone that God has placed in my life and I will not mismanage that relationship. All right? A very quick example from the life of Jesus to show you those categories so if Jesus is a sheep in this case, so who is a hired servant? The Bible talks about when Jesus fed the crowd with the five loaves and two fish. He says that they now came and <laughs> they came and they, they say, oh, you know, oh, master, oh, Lord Jesus. Oh, ah! they were laughing at all of Jesus's jokes. Like, oh, Jesus is just so funny. And Jesus was like, look at this one. You're only here because you want to eat bread. Listen, you're hired hands. And the Bible says that he did not entrust himself to them because he knew that once I tell these people no bread today, they're going. And that's exactly what happened. 
when you started telling them that you have to eat my flesh, you have to drink my blood, the Bible says that they're like, eh, drink which flesh, drink which blood, eh, bye-bye, and they all left. Hired hands. Wolf, a very obvious one, Judas. He came, presented himself, now I'm a disciple, oh, I'm serving the master, but he had his own ulterior motive that ended up getting Jesus killed. Thank God that that was all part of God's plan to redeem humanity. But can you see how Judas came in sheep clothing? Judas about compensating as a disciple, as a disciple, not as a hired hand, as a disciple. But then he was the one that lit, he gained so much foothold that he was the one that was close enough to go and give Jesus a kiss so that they could arrest him and kill him. And shepherd, now this is what I'm saying about, you must be careful not to mismanage the relationship with the shepherd was John the Baptist. Do you know that John the Baptist was Jesus's cousin? And John the Baptist was only six months older than Jesus. So they were mates. They probably played together as children. And then he now says that it is the same person that we used to run around together that would now lay hands on him for the Holy Spirit to come upon him. In fact, John the Baptist was saying, ah, no, I can't lay hands on you. Jesus said, no, it must be like that. So Jesus humbled himself because he could have easily dismissed John the Baptist and said, who are you? Don't you know that you're not worthy to carry my sandal? So that's an example of a shepherd in the life of Jesus. So I'm going to end it here today. I hope that's helped. So as a sheep going into the world, in your endeavors, in the workplace, even in church, among siblings, relatives, cousins, romantic relationships, please, 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 make sure you rightly discern who is who and treat them accordingly. So don't treat a shepherd like a wolf and don't treat a hired servant like a shepherd. Thank you so much for joining me. Bye.